You're listening to another Mariners podcast by the fans and for the fans with news and views on the Claret and Blues. Dan on, man. Have a listen. The Mariners podcast. It's been four long months since we got around a virtual table. Some people have said it's an overdue podcast and we tend to agree, but because of various circumstances, um, it's been very difficult for myself, Ronnie and Sai to get around this virtual table together. There's only ever been one of us or two of us available. Finally, finally, the three of us can can get together and chew the fat and pick the bones out of what has happened so far in the 2020-21 season. We hope everyone is safe and well, considering these very difficult times. And I've already mentioned the names alongside me are Ronnie Pete and Simon May. Hello, gentlemen. I hope you are okay. Yes, very well, thank you. Yeah, doing good, Chris. Good, Excellent. good to be back. Good to be back. It's good to be back. Well, of course, Ronnie and I have been spending a lot of time together <laughs> up on scaffolding. Um, we've had a lot of fun. Uh, and um, But it's been put on hold. And um, it got me thinking that um, we're at, you know, it's like a half-term kind of analysis. And we're nine games in. And for those of you who haven't realised, the 2019-20 season was curtailed with Shields having nine games to play. Now we, back in March and April, said that the league should be just paused and then restarted when, as and when we can. Had we done that in September, the league would now be complete. Shields would now be promoted. How uncanny is that, lads? Eh? We've been proved right, eh? All right. It was in now. I think it was just a, should just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sorry to sorry to start on such a low note. Um, you know, but um, actually we're nine games in, lads. Uh, Fifteen points, certainly nowhere near what anyone um would 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 want, considering um the infrastructure of the club and the investment that's been put in um, and again just as the team was starting to hit their straps and find their the season is um on hold but nine games and um it's been a very very difficult start of the season in many respects some highs some lows some in-betweens probably too many in-betweens i guess um but 15 points from nine games is is i'm gonna say poor when you consider what we have at our disposal at South Shields Football Club. Highlight, of course, being the FA Cup run. But the bread and butter, of course, is to get out of the Northern Premier League. And we find ourselves on the cusp of a, of a playoff place, but nowhere near where we where we want to be. Ronnie, we spent a lot of time, uh, you know, um, presenting home games, commentating on home games. But Sai, you've been watching them from home. Yeah, or at least some of them. Some of them, um, yeah, yeah, as many as I can. Yeah, um, we've, we've put a lot of opinions out on the on on those matches. Um, have you enjoyed? Have you enjoyed watching them? What's your take on the performances so far? Um, sort of, a sort of continuation from some of the stuff from last season, like where we, you know, we we always look good, you know, with the football, nice. You know, nice uh, shapes and 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 whatnot. Um, but ne- 
there are times of season when we've never looked threatening. Mm-hmm. And when you look at certainly the, 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 the strikers we have at our disposal, um, that's a worry to me at times. You know, when you think any club sees, you know, Jason Gilchrist and Darius Asai as, as, the, as the strike force of a club, you know, they, they, they're at least National League North standard, you know, as, as a partnership, probably much higher, you know. Mm-hmm. And for us to at times look, you know, bereft of, you know, ideas up front and, and chances created, that, that does worry me. So that, that's been my sort of take. Some good play, some in recent weeks, to be fair, you know, obviously the, the, the form's changed and we've looked a bit better. But uh, certainly going back a few weeks and, and yeah, some of the games look good in the middle third, but sort of we've looked, you know, sort of bereft up front and sometimes as well at the back, a little bit, um, a little bit of a mess at times. Well, that, that has improved again in, in, in the last few weeks. Ronnie, it's been a case of, and we've, we've mentioned it in commentary, you know, teams that come to have a go and play football um, makes of a better spectacle and, and allows Shields to play more of their natural game. Yeah, uh, we had a dip, a big dip against Radcliffe at home and then Matlock and then Morbeth. It was quite dire at times. Very little chances, which then kind of puts the the pressure on the strikers to try and score first time. Yeah. Whereas, you know, our strikers are lethal, but they're not that lethal. Mm-hmm. They need at least three, four or five chances in a game and they'll put a few away. But then, like Simon said, it's um, the upturn in form since that Morbeth game has been very impressive. I mean, we showed what we could do against Halifax. It was, yeah. if we go for it, uh, throw caution to the wind, uh, play attacking football, move the ball quickly, we can we can destroy any defence uh, yes. in, in, in our league because Halifax are no mugs. Um, then we had a good game against FC United of Manchester. They're, they're a very good team. Um, but, you know, it was still kind of... We've created some chances, but not enough. Um, and hopefully when we get back, that will we'll stick with that thought, that form because, uh, you know, I think playing that style of play is the way forward. It, yeah. it, it, it can't be too cautious, especially at home. It has to just be first 10, 15 minutes. Just go for it. Just blitz it. Yeah. And then, you know, see what happens. I, I, what you said there, though, Ronnie, about, you know, not many chances at times. If you look at all those games, we created the chances to win the games mm. you know there might not have been that many yeah. but the chances were good enough had we taken those chances you said there that um, we, we, um, we're not um, I don't know not, we're not there was a word you said before not clinical but um, not ruthless I can't remember what the word was but you, you said something that the, the strikers are lethal that was it lethal yeah. and but not that lethal and we're not that lethal because we have actually been quite wasteful at times if you look at those games if you look at the highlights mm. chances that were created sh- could and should have won those games you think of the Briggs penalty of course against Matlock had that gone in that was a different game altogether um, but I think it's been it's been um shown to us particularly in those home games that teams that do come to kind of park a bus if you want to use that terminology um actually are more successful 
yeah. than teams who come to play. So the teams who have come to play, i.e. FC United, Colm in the FA Trophy, Halifax yeah. have been found wanting, which goes to prove just how much quality we do have. You mentioned their side, about good stuff in the middle third. If you look at the centre circle after each game, it's t- mm. it's, it hasn't been touched, has it, Ronnie? <laughs> no, it hasn't. Very keen. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you mentioned before, Sai, about um, it, the defence at times, not looking, yeah. although there's been a lot of clean sheets, mm-hmm. there's been moments where it hasn't looked watertight. And I guess that comes from the loss of Gary Brown. Um, yeah. It, we miss him terribly, don't we? Oh, without a doubt. I think um, you know any side um, to lose someone of his his caliber, um, you know, he takes some replacing. He's a unique sort of player, well, you know, in terms of his, um, you know, we've mentioned it before, the dark arts and and and, and the like, and he's uh, you know no little skill, but just uh, you know a, a sort of. Master of his craft, really. You know, yeah. as a, as a as a non-league centre half, you really can't ask for much more than than Gary Brown and uh, a massive miss. Yeah, I agree. And you know, the thing about Gary Brown is, you'll just take the game by the scruff of the neck. He will be the leader in that defence. He will, you know, he'll marshal people like Dylan Morse and uh, Verstraten and and whoever else. He will always just take that on naturally. Whereas for Dylan and Walter, you know, that's not there. They're not there yet in terms no. of their, their career. Whereas it just means so much probably to look alongside you've got Gary Brown there, who A, he's just gonna he's gonna terrify their attack yeah. on their midfield. B, he's just gonna be there, whatever, whatever the game, he'll always be there. He'll always be trying his hardest and just leading things and doing his thing. And C, he, he looks after the, the his partner behind, like, um, in defence for them. It's just such a massive miss, uh, such a shame. And I think maybe the the, the manager now <laughs> might um, look to get, like, a no-nonsense, really strong um, centre-back to, to go alongside Fowder and... Um, or Dylan with, you know, John Shaw's there. John's going to play a, a big part role. Obviously, he's, he's got a new role now, so... He, do, he, he wants to play, but the problem is his body isn't to play. That's, yeah. that's the worry. Yeah. If, if you look at the games where John has played alongside Dylan, we've looked absolutely watertight. Yeah. Never looking any trouble. You've got Miles commanding his box. Yeah. John and Dylan, you know, imperious with Jamie Sterry, Blair Adams... You know that is a that's a that's like that's a, a football league back five really. Um, it is, but if you take John out, yeah, you don't think Dylan becomes twenty five percent less a player without a John or a Gary Brown. Yeah, because he's he's still playing his trade. That's why I think you know I, I'm not going to be critical or anything like that. I just think it might be beneficial to to get a Gary Brown's type player. Mm-hmm. In the club, especially when we get to winter, and yeah. the pitches are heavy. I mean, even my uh, first club arena is heavy at the moment. Yeah, uh, every pitch they're going to play on is going to be heavy. So, someone like and I don't know, you know, they're not ten a penny, Gary Brown's, as we know, but someone of his ilk, 
mm. I think would be worth 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 a weight in gold, to be honest. Because we've tried, you know, there's been lads brought in, like um, free agents being brought in in the last five weeks. We think of Ashley Smith-Brown, we think of Kieran Jones, um, and really, you know, I, I thought Smith-Brown had a decent game mm. that night. Yeah. But um, powers that be felt that he was a good yard off the pace of what we need. Um, Kieran Jones is clearly not ready for men's football. Um, we, we thought he had something, but we, you know, he looks a good player. But putting him in against Morpeth, he, um, he did get hammered. The game before so that, for the lad. The game before that was a shot of not. When I think about it again, it was a shot of nothing for him because. We weren't really playing that well, and we couldn't actually play any worse. <laughs> so him coming on and playing okay with a lot of space made him look good. But, but that, against Morpeth, you know, I, I I don't think I would start against Morpeth. It was a bit unfair because he got absolutely like physically mm-hmm. bullied um, by that Morpeth forward line, and you know. I think it's a cutthroat, a cutthroat world is not league. But yeah. if you if you could do a performance like that, even if it's for like a few like 20, 30 minutes, uh, they're looking for someone else. Because he resorted to to fouls, didn't he? That he was on a yellow card. They had to bring him yeah. off because he was going to get sent off. I think that was the only way he could kind of get on top of he, of his opponents. Yeah. But when you look at um, the caliber of player that. We've been able to bring in. If you look at those lads, they are free agents. Um, and lo and behold, just before we play Halifax, we announced signings of Jamie Sterry and Jack Hindle. You think, how on earth are we able to do that? But we are. And I think kudos has to have to go to uh, David Lynch, who has proven, you know, that he's mm. more than up the the task of recruitment. Um, to have worked on Jamie Sterry like he did, to get the lad, and you, you think, wow, you know, that, that, he's a clearly you'll get a football league deal, but I don't think you'll get one whilst we're under these restrictions and clubs haven't got any money. Mm. So it's a real coup for the club. If you watch, I, I watched Sterry in the game against um, Gainsborough before he got injured when he had to go up front for the last ten minutes because of his back. Some of his, if you look at his delivery style, I didn't really notice it when we were on the gantry at, at First Cloud Arena, but his, his, his delivery style is incredible. Such a gifted kid. And he, if you remember, Ronnie, in an interview, he said after Halifax, after the Halifax Cup game, that he just thinks, he says, just get the ball down and play. Yeah. Just play quick. And, and, yeah. Um, and, yeah. and really, we sh- we've got the quality to to. I don't want to sound um, disrespectful to anybody after being accused of being disrespectful, Ronnie, like we were. <laughs> um, which more of that later. Uh, um, we are good enough to almost walk this league, and I mean that in a way in which, in terms of football and ability, we're so good. The quality we have is incredible. Obviously, teams aren't going to just let us play. We're going to have to win the battles first. But provided we win the battles, we should be able to win this league very, very comfortably. It's finding a blend, though, isn't it? We've got personnel 
in each position that is, you know, would be the envy of most clubs. Um, but it, it's finding the, the right blend, you know, like the, I've said, like, you know, lack of chances being created. Um, and, and two players playing together um, in the midfield who each individually have looked really, really good, you know, uh, Callum Ross and uh, Phil Turnbull. You know, Turnbull's just class. You know, he's he's like he's a couple of seconds ahead of everyone else in terms of thought thought processes. Yeah, he just oozes class. Callum Ross has had a good season so far, but together, I just think perhaps there's just so, a lack of impetus coming mm. from the midfield into forward positions. You know, and uh, as good as these players are, you've, you've got to find the right mix, and I, that's where I think we have lacked. It's it sort of you know one thing I wanted to speak about tonight. Um, the, for me, the biggest disappointment this season was the loaning out of Aaron Thompson, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which I, I thought was I thought was horrible. I thought mm-hmm. it was an awful decision. Um, you know, the, the guys who you know the, the management, everything, they obviously thought it was the right one. Um, and you know, but I, in my opinion, I disagree. I, I just don't know how he can learn any more by you know going down into the Northern League. Than he could play in the Northern Premier League. They might say, "Oh, well, he gets game time in the Northern League." Well, why isn't he getting game time in the Northern Premier League? You know, he was last season. We mentioned it before. Um, he was our most influential midfielder. I, or yeah, he's not our best player. He's not our best midfielder. And um, but for me, being a, a good footballer means you have to influence a game, and he did. You notice that when he came on as substitute at times, games changed. We went. We became a, a, mo- a much more of an attacking force. So to, to farm him out in the Northern League, I thought was appalling. I mm. really did. And um, so that that's been my biggest disappointment. He, a player like him, alongside a Ross or a Turnbull, and for me, it's always going to be Turnbull first. Um, I think is a better fit. Again, my opinion. Be people listen to this, and you know, they'll, they'll, you know, saying you you. You talk rubbish, whatever, but that's that's my opinion. I I, I think finding the right blend is 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 uh, is, is crucial. In terms of um, you know talk about Jamie Sterry, what I think where he helps is the his his passing through the lines. Mm. Um, you know, into maybe, maybe you know a forward or or a, a, a forward sort of midfielder. It's it's precise. It has, you know, it, it's a quick pass. It, 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 it's the, the, the speed of the ball is just, it's, it's just that there's more on the ball. There's more on it, and it gets there. And that's, you know, where he, you know, you said about his delivery. His deliveries in the box are superb. From, from, from not just, you know, byline, but you know, from like sort of greater angles. Um, he, that, that, that may well help as we go forward if we can keep him for a couple of months, which I think we, I, I, like you said, I don't think. League clubs are in a position to really go out there and pick anyone up at the minute, and I think we might have them for a while. Fitness, fitness, uh, willing. Um, he 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 adds massively to, to to us, and I think that he may well be a key to create more chances. You mentioned there about about um, Turnbull and Ross playing together. I mean, Dave Orr asked us to discuss uh, the loss of Gary Brown. But in in my view, we almost have a replacement for him in Callum Ross. Um, if you watch him playing at the back of the diamond in the air, I haven't seen him lose an aerial challenge all season. Absolutely dominates. Mm. Yeah, he's good. He's very so, good. Yeah. Um, 
when we get more of the midfielders back, you know, I, there's no, it's no coincidence that we've been in good form since Robert Briggs has been playing in an advanced role. Yeah. So we've got that link between the front men. We could talk all night about Robert Briggs. Yeah. He's been that good. Um, which as a part-time player in a full-time club is astonishing. Um, but Ross, for me, would be... I, I see no reason why he can't play as a forward-thinking centre-half. I, I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. Um, only if we've got injuries. Because yes. the lad isn't uh, a full-time centre-back, right? You can, th- this is one of the things that, that I've been a little bit frustrated about this season is playing players out of position. Because yeah. it, it, it makes us look disjointed and we're not as efficient as we could be. And I think to what Simon said before, I just want to back that up, that you know, Aaron Thompson... Um, the games in which he excelled and pulled us out of the mire last season were exactly the same games as we've seen against Radcliffe, Matlock and Morbeth. Yes. Yeah. Exactly the same. It was looking for someone who has the bravery to carry the ball. And that's what Aaron does a lot. I like him more in a wider position, to be honest. Um you know the week. You'll remember how we worked well with uh, Hunter and uh, with Hunter down that right hand side yeah. at the back end of games, running at running at defenders. Just like I said before, it's like go go for them if they're part in the bush. Just go for them. If you get hit on the break, you know I'd rather I'd rather have said, well, we got hit on the break because we absolutely went for it from minute one. That's the way football is. Um, Ross, you know I've been impressed with him. He's a He's a player that plays in a position where you just got to do a job. In the air, like you say, fantastic. But like Sal says, in that position, in the team, I think it has to be Ross or Turnbull. And, you know, that's fine because Turnbull's coming, you know, he's been playing a lot of football in his career. So swapping them two around is perfect. And then you talk about Briggs. I mean, Briggs against... um, in the last cup match there, he against Cheltenham, he was the best player on the pitch. Yeah, best player on the pitch. He was the player available. He had the best touch. He had the best vision. You know, the the the, the sad thing about Robert Briggs is his knee injury just makes him not as quick as he probably would be if he didn't have a knee injury. And imagine a Robert Briggs that was agile, quick. Um, you know. He'd be like brilliant. He played. I reckon he'd be playing league football. But he had that. He's had a couple of bad injuries on his knee, hasn't he? And that takes effect. So remember. in summary, when did he? When did he have them, Ronnie? I can't remember. Um, I don't think it was for Shields. I think it was before Shields. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can tell by the way he's run. He runs right. That he's got some of his knees. Yeah. yeah. It's not. It's not a freestyle running um, style. Um, but. There's definitely something there that stops him being as mobile as he could be because, you know, he's only, I think he's only 27, isn't he? 28. 20, 28. 28. But I tell you what, 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 what a, a, 
the massive form he's been in. It's been a, an absolute pleasure to watch. I, I don't even think I've seen anyone in the Shield shirt for years play as well as he has in the last like well, well, few months. All season. Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, he, we had we had Julio Arca, but he was at the, the twilight of his career. But Briggs is, is, is shown like that type of quality in this league now. Uh, and, and that might be me overblowing it, you know, but like don't think you are like. every time he gets the ball, you're like, something's gonna happen. And his delivery, his mm-hmm. corners, his free kicks, it's like um, like fantastic. fantastic. Where do you think that's come from? Because I mean in the past we've been a little bit critical of him, haven't yeah. we, you know, on here. Yeah, um, he, he's he's struggled to make impacts on games sometimes, or, or he's well, you certainly tried to make the impact and just not not being able to do it. And what do you think has happened this season? Because get like you said, you know, he's a part timer in 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 a, in a in a full time club, and he's just he's been you know head and shoulders above everyone else. Why is that? Do you think desire? Uh, I think there might be another aspect, right? We've already just talked about the midfield being a little bit defensive minded. Maybe this is like one of the. First times he's been told, look, you play that number ten role. You are the man. Yeah, yeah. You are the man that always has to be available, and the team are going to give you the ball whenever you're in space. And sometimes players just thrive on that because he's yeah. got the ball, right? And who's he got up front? Darius, Hindle, Gilchrist. He's like every one of them. I'll be. They'll make a good run, and I'll pick them out. That hasn't already been the case. But you know, it's, that's a difficult question, sorry, But that's my uh, that's my pundit of the answer. We we'll have to get Briggsy on and ask him. Uh, the one <laughs> thing that's probably about right now, right, Money. The one thing that stands out for me is, um, and I I, I I never mind eating the odd slice of humble pie. Um, commentated in pre-season, and he looked really unfit. Um, it was one particular game. He was a mile off the pace until he was put to centre half. Um, where he was a revelation. Um, but since then, he has just, he must have just grafted his arse off. It's as simple as that. He, he, he's got himself into great shape. Remember the Paul McGraw effect, where Paul McGraw was like, ah, I'm not really bothered about preseason friendlies. I'm not really bothered about training. Yeah. But when the, when the whistle blows, that's when I'm going to give it me all. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that, there's nothing wrong with that. Because, yes, in the preseason, he just looked like he was he was carrying a cart behind his butt. But but when we said that, but honestly, it's just like fantastic, fantastic. I can't. I've run out of words to describe it now. Yeah. But we we talk a lot about players playing out of position, and that comes from the fact that we have so many injuries. We're not alone. I mean, this season a lot of clubs are struggling because players have played so many games in such a short period of time. But we do get more than our fair share of injuries. And um, you think of uh, John Shaw just gets niggles. They're not bad injuries. They're not serious, but they're niggles, calf, groin. Obviously, his body might be telling him something, but he wants to play on and on. And we hope he does because he's, 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 he's good enough. You think of Nathan Lowe, um, Luke Daly still, of course, to come back. One thing about this particular lockdown means that there are going to be more games, providing the the league is allowed to take its natural path. There are going to be more games available to Luke Daly should he come back around about the turn of the year, which is what has been predicted. Um, 
So by the time you get to middle of January, he might only have missed, say, 14, 15 league games mm. out of 40-odd. Yeah. So when he's fit, and I still think he is best player in the club um, in terms of football and ability, um, it's going to, hopefully, touch wood, it's going to be an embarrassment of riches. And you might then see the manager picking the best 11. I still don't think we have a best 11. We might think we have. You know, we have our own ideas, our own opinions on what our best 11 would be. But we've never been able to field it yet. Yeah, I don't know if you guys did this or the listeners did this, but, you know, when we were watching the Cheltenham game and it was, and the game was over and we are watching it peter out, I was kind of saying to my son, I was like, can you imagine how much better and how much more of a game we would have given Cheltenham if we had low daily Briggs in mm. midfield mm. in the side and go off and Sterry in his normal position, Hunter in his normal position, uh, Adams in his normal position. Honestly, uh, it wouldn't have surprised me if we'd like beat them. Yeah. That yeah. And it's a bit frustrating, isn't it? I mean, the managers will be frustrated with it because it's like, what could it have been? A bit like a bullseye, right? <laughs> this is what you could have won. Um, <laughs> we could have won Cheltenham, not a speedboat, <laughs> or a speedboat in Cheltenham. But uh, <laughs> that, it was, I, I genuinely think that, get like you said, Chris, get that best 11 out. What a feast of football we'll, we'll have. Yeah. And that, again, I don't think we ever will because other people might get knocks and twinges. But in some respects, um, this four-week break might. We, we're just on the cusp of hitting our straps. We're going to have to go again. But so is everybody else. So everybody's in the same boat. And our lads are full time, so they should be able to stay fit over four weeks. Shouldn't need much of a pre-season to get back into shape. The lads look after themselves, as Graham Fenton's already said, that they look after themselves, they know what they're doing, they'll be given programmes. So um Nathan Lowe, who came on against Cheltenham and looked okay. Mm. His touch, he you know, he, he looked assured on the ball. Clearly not quite match fit. He's not going to be the, the, the quickest, but you know, you could see that he's there, thereabouts. Um so there's no reason why we can't hit our straps again. And it gives it obviously gives Darius a chance to rest his various twinges obviously looks like you know I thought he might have broken some ribs um and he's got little various tweaks in his muscle muscles John Shaw another one with his groin and it just gives everybody a, gives everybody a chance to reset um but I, I don't I don't know about you you might want to talk a little bit more about it but I, I'm not exactly really keen on talking about the ifs and whats and where whys and wherefores of what might happen because of covid um We've all got our own thoughts and who knows what's going to happen. I'm just going on the proviso that the league will restart and we'll just play those games that we've missed mid-weeks and might extend the season a little bit. But um, the, the, the chance is now to take stock because um, Saturday came the stunning announcement that um, the management team was no more. Um, uh, took everybody by surprise, came up on the blind side. Um, and um, 
Ronnie, you've you've made no secret in the fact in the past that um, you know you've never been keen on joint managership. Mm-hmm. Um, we've now lost joint managership. Your feelings on it? Well, it's all you know. You just look at pretty much every team in professional football and non-league, and you could count on literally one hand mm-hmm. how many of them have got joint managers. And one of them are brothers. <laughs> one of them teams are brothers. Yeah. Um, and one of them are busy mates. Um, uh, what's called again? The, the well, guys. Are, John Owen Bernard. Yeah, they're busy mates, you know. So uh, I, I can't see how it works in life. It work. One gaffer. Mm-hmm. In every single way, in every single um, trait of life. You've got to have one gaffer. Because if you don't have one gaffer, you don't know who to go to. You can play one off the other. You listen to one more than the other. It's just the way life works. And it's no surprise that that mirrors itself in the majority of the professional and, and uh, professional leagues, right? And professional mm-hmm. clubs. And Liverpool tried, didn't they, with Julier and um, Evans? Yeah. Back in the day, didn't work. Never, never really works to a to to a massive degree. You could say um, uh, the Salford lads did all right, but you know, with, with all due respect, that wasn't like like a high standard of football they were playing. And as soon as they got to a higher standard, it didn't quite work, and they were off. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's the right thing to do. One gaffer, one voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be able to have his his own ideas, hopefully. Um, he will, and he will. The, although I think it's the right thing to do, it's a double-edged kind of opportunity, really. Now the spotlight is well and truly on him. Yes. Because, of course, Lee Pickens now his boss. Mm. Yeah. Well, the one thing I thought was that at least, you know, as a partnership, it's it's ended on a high, if if you like. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not ended after being broken up after a, a an awful run of results, and you know someone's got to go either one or both of them. So it ends nicely, but you know what happens after an awful run of results? Does you know <laughs> does, does, does something end in amidst much acrimony? You know, and uh, yeah. you know who I don't know who would make that call. Whether Lee Pickton as a chief exec is like you know is a team does, does he oversee team affairs or is is it just you know, getting sponsorship in and making sure the club runs nicely on a day-to-day basis. I don't know. We're not privy to that, but interesting to know who who would um, who would make that call if, if if results were to slump at any point in the future. Yeah, Ronnie, you mentioned. Sorry, No, I was just going to say, you know, it, it, at least that partnership, which has been you know ultra successful, has ended night. You know, like on a on a high. You know, FA Cup first round. It it, it deserved that really because as you know, I'm in agreement with Ronnie. You know, I don't think. In the long run, partnerships don't work, um, but at least this one has uh, has ended nicely. You know, that's that's such an astute point by Salah. Glad he's back. What a good point that is. <laughs> he's back, Salah. <laughs> Get us on the gantry. Oh hey, you're welcome. Being never bloody available, are you? <laughs> Bugger a hell. But anyway, Ronnie, you made a point there about um, gaffers and things. If yeah. you take that into consideration, I think the success that Fenton and Pickton have had has been even more um, 
it, it, it's even more of a of a of an achievement given the fact that they have been a team. You know, they have had to probably mull over things together and not make the not make quick decisions. So the fact that they have been so successful is testament to to their characters. Um, I, I guess that out of the two, I think Lee, if you look at it from the outside as a layman, we are just laymen, we're not professionals. Um, Lee looks more of a die-in-the-wool coach, a real astute um, student of the game, an educator. I would, I can, I would imagine Graham being more of a, a manager, mm-hmm. a gaffer type, I don't know. Who knows? But that, that's the way it looked for me. If you look at the in the past, you know, the Brian Clough, Peter Taylor partnership, they were never joint managers anyway. You know, Peter Taylor was more of a, a player's man who would recruit and then do a bit of a Brian Smith role and be the go-between and be the good one around the players. And Cluffy was the one that pulled the strings. So like you say, Ronnie, you know, if you you, you can count on one hand management team because Clough and Taylor were, were never, a you know, Taylor was always assistant manager. Um, and now, of course, John Shaw is a, a, a joint assist, well, player assistant manager. Um, I believe that one day he will manage South Shields Football Club. And uh, I've yet to spend 90 minutes watching a f- football game with someone who reads a game better than him. He co commentated with me. <laughs> in pre-season and he was saying stuff that like I was like how did you how did you say that I've got no idea Ronnie you're a good reader of the game oh thanks <laughs> but this fella Shawsy bugger a hell I, I, I stuff did. he was coming out with I was like how, how, how the hell did you say that um, so clearly clearly is a tremendous and you know the work he's done with the academy um, he, he, he's clearly a popular bloke. He knows his onions. He knows what he's doing, and it's the next step for him. Um, ah, for one, I'm delighted to see him, kind of part of the first team coaching setup. Yeah. I think he has a lot to offer. Just on that point about Brian Smith and his role about being that link between the players and the gaffer, it's got all been hard for him, right? Because yeah, if he he if he has to be the link between him and the managers. He, Logistically, he's going to have to wait for both managers to be at the same time, and then mm-hmm. do it. And then he's got to convince both of them what's yeah. going on. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas it, it should make Brian's job a little bit. Uh, more, that's the thing about uh, that, that. That sort of leads to something I've always felt like we've talked about before, like you know, in private and about you know, say substitutions during a game. As a manager, you might you know just have an idea and think I'm going to do that. But with a partnership, you've got to put it to committee almost. And by the time you've discussed it and mulled it over, the 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 opportunity for that for that decision to have to to bear fruit, you know, the the, the time's reduced, and um, so less less of an impact. So I think with one manager, an, an off the cuff decision is far far easier to make and can can you know probably lead to um, to, to a better impact. You know, but, like Graham Graham's. Played at a very high level of football, so and I think players at this level value that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. there's no, there's no that Graham will see here that he hasn't seen elsewhere, but with greater stakes. Mm-hmm. I think that's why Graham taking up the manager Lee with a like a good astute 
intelligent, probably commercial head on, can, yeah. can play that CEO role really well. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, to me, it appears that the right fit for the right roles. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new start, it's a new opportunity. And I, I, I'm told, I'm told that all parties are absolutely buzzing and really cannot wait to really get started. Um, I mean, Lee's already in the background starting anyway, um, doing a lot of things behind the scenes. And, um, and and I'm sure, well, I know that all parties, all parties are really buzzing and cannot wait. And so, of course, we cannot wait for December. Fingers crossed that we can get football underway again. Um, providing that we do, will we have supporters in the grounds, do you think, lads? Um, I, I think first up, my feeling is we might come out of an in inverted, in an in inverted commas lockdown because it's not really a lockdown at the minute that we're really in, but you know there, there are obviously restrictions. Um, I think you know we're not really talking about football here, yeah, but I think there'll be like a tier, a tier four or something of that ilk, you know, comes out, and I think it'll depending on your area and what you like with COVID, they'll, they'll, they'll implement those sort of things. So I think first up, um, we might, I think if we're lucky, we'll have 300 in the ground. Um, and then, but I can't say there'll be any more than that first up. Yeah. I think it'll be the new year before we can get any anywhere near normality. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think I do feel the quite a lot of supporters who rely on um, on going to the match on a Saturday, home and away in midweek games because that's the release. Yeah. And like we said in the mental health podcast that we did, Chris, yeah, that distraction, that release is so important in your life yeah. for your, your well-being, not only for you, but for your family and just to have something to go and look forward to is, is so important and that being taken away for a second time, um, you know, I, I absolutely loved. There was one. I think there was one game. There was definitely a cup game. I stayed there all night, and I was just looking around, going, "This is amazing. I love it. <laughs> absolutely love it." I can't, I can't remember getting back home, but that, that's one of the fun bits, right? Well, it's a Saturday for your running, isn't exactly. it? Exactly, and, and you know, it's like it's just that bit. I really feel for for the fans in this situation and. For, for all clubs, really, but especially the South Shields, because we're such a community club, and to have this taken away from us again is quite devastating. And hopefully, when we come back in December, that'll that'll hopefully be it for for the rest sure. of the season. And and, and like, I agree with Simon; it'll be a case of um, building them up, building up slowly. But the way the club has um, has dealt with the the restrictions and mm. the uh, people like Michelle and and uh, Amy in, in the bar and the way they've, they've stood fast to the rules. It's been a credit to the club and, you know, it's it's been great to see. I wouldn't, you know, it, it hasn't been a great um, environment to, to be in, but the club stuck to the rules 100% and, and the, the fans did as well. And yeah. it's yeah, a credit Mich- to the club. You know, if you remember, Ronnie, you and I, that day, um, we spent two hours on a gantry working and we couldn't sit together in the bar. Um, you know, we had to sit apart. 
But Michelle, you know, made sure that we stuck to the guidelines and, you know, hats off to her. It was difficult at times. There were moments where I think we got a bit difficult at times. Yeah. Probably as people had a few more beers in them, a bit, bit more leery maybe. Yeah. But um, by and large, the club would be an excellent. I think, you know, I, I class myself as very, very lucky. You talked about there, Ronnie, about that. It's that release, you know, um, almost it's, it, it's almost been normal for me, even for, in my work life. Since March, you know, my life has been almost kind of normal. I've worked every day. I've never had to stop working. Um, I've, I've been to the matches, home and away. You know, I had a great time, for instance, at Bamba Bridge. Um, so for me, it, it's almost been normal. The one thing that really hurt was obviously, like you said, you know, in the bar afterwards, we couldn't sit together and and the atmosphere is not like it should be. I mean, the one after the Halifax game, it, it the, the place was buzzing to an extent. But um, it, it just isn't the same. But I'm lucky. I, I class myself as very lucky indeed. And of course, the two, the 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 thousand, the thousand twelve hundred people who would normally come to First Cloud Arena as a as a as a non-season ticket holding fan hasn't been able to come into the ground at all. Uh, it, it 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 it's been so hard. And of course. To make matters worse, Ronnie, they've had to put up with our shite on the on the streams. I, I mean, um, feel for them. <laughs> um, but we, I class myself as very lucky indeed. Yeah. Um, said earlier we weren't going to talk about COVID, didn't we? But we've ended up having to having <laughs> to do it. But I think the, the thing about South Shields Football Club is that no matter what, there's always something to talk about. You yeah. go into a lockdown. We haven't got. We this is the first time in four months. And we've got no shortage of stuff to talk about. And as soon as we're going to a four-week break, lo and behold, the management structure changes. You know, there's a share issue. You know, little mix are in the mix, aren't they? You know, the <laughs> become a shelter. Jade Thirlwell's put 25 quid in, hasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> he had to shoot one, didn't he? Little mix in the mix. He's been waiting for that all night. <laughs> but um, she's put her 25 quid in. Um and I, I gather Jeff was on TalkSport the other day as well, talking about it. And um, I didn't quite get the chance to listen to the interview. But um, the share issue, you know, quarter of a million pound was the target. It's nearly at 300,000. Uh, again, testament to the, when you consider that there's over 700 investors at a time when people are short of cash, people are losing their jobs, their homes. And to get that, it's quite phenomenal. And it just goes to show that the club is still just on the cusp of being able to take off. It just needs the ability to get into National League North, get people back in the ground. And for me, this almost the sky's the limit because this squad we've got is more than capable of succeeding at National League North level, having watched the games we've watched this season. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, the, the, the mindset of clubs will, will undoubtedly change as... You know, there's lots of ambition in, in that league above, so fewer clubs will will come and, and, and play defensively minded. Um, we'll, we'll get better games, we'll be more open games, and because of that, our you know our firepower, if you like, should should prevail. Um, but we've got to get there. Of course, if you think the, the the Cheltenham game and the cup, you know, there were moments in that game where we were the better side. You know, yeah. Cheltenham were the better team over 90 minutes, but there were moments where we more than matched them. Had Will McCamley put that one in, 2-1 half time, who knows? But I found myself getting frustrated 
you know, like, oh, they should have done better, they should have done this. But you then have to, like, take stock and think, this is Cheltenham Town, this isn't, you know. I was a bit different watching that game because I, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed the game um, and we played well. But I just felt all the way through, even when we did have good spells, of course, but I just felt they, Cheltenham just had that edge. There was just oh, yeah. something about them that on that day that, well, that was they were always going to prevail. I, I just felt that. Um, and at the, at the end of 90 minutes, I, I, I didn't feel dis. I wasn't too disappointed. I was disappointed we lost, but not too disappointed. You know, the, the better side won. Um, you can live with that. You know. We went, we went away to a league team. We went away to a league, a league two team and we completely didn't disgrace ourselves. There's a, you know, it could easily when you go to a league two team as a as a team at our level, you know, they would have probably thought hmm, we're gonna we're gonna smash these. But hmm. I tell you what, we worried them. There was a period of time where we worried them. Asai, oh, yeah. Asai had their defender on toast before he went off. Yes, and I agree with Simon. They were they were going to come out and win in the end. Um, but you know, that just shows you the potential of what this team has got. Um, a, a little bit of luck, maybe the right kind of calls. Because I'm not sure McCamley should have come on. I'd rather have had Hindle because mm. we were on top then. Um, because it, it, like, ironically, as soon as Cheltenham scored, then we start playing our best football. Yes, it's like it's like we got this release. All right, let's just express ourselves. As soon as we start to express ourselves, we create chances when we got the goal. By the way, that cr- that ball by Briggsy, what a pass! It just That's seemed like, to go on forever, didn't it? It was <laughs> that good of a pass, right? Gilchrist could have scored, and the side did score. Yeah, it, yeah. Like you've got a pass there where two players in the box with four of the defenders hits two of your players that could have scored. Fantastic, and you know I think. I do think that it was a little bit too much of big of a game for Will McCamley to come on. You know, he's not he's not the uh, strongest of players in terms of physicality, mm-hmm. but someone like Hindle, I would like to have seen if he would have put that chance away. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you mentioned uh, um, that took me back to the Ashton United League game where, Ronnie, you weren't happy with the inclusion of Will Jenkins from the start, if you remember. Uh-huh. When we drew three three, and I think mm-hmm. back, how on earth we drew three three with them? They're awful. Yeah. They're awful. And yeah. you said you wouldn't have started Will that night. It was a big ask for a lad on a Tuesday night. It could have get the game won and then bring him on, which is exactly what happened in the cup game on the Saturday. Um, yeah. When we absolutely wiped the, we did wipe the floor with them. Um, yeah. They were they're poor. They're a poor side. Um, so it's just those little, those, you know, again, it might go back to the fact that you were managing by committee. As soon as you got one more than one gaffer, you're actually managing by committee, aren't you? So, mm-hmm. um, I think the, that call. I, felt, I felt for Will Jenkins that night because I think it was his first start. It was a Tuesday night, like you said, away to Ashton. Um, it didn't happen for him. But I think if you play him, if you bring him on the sub or you play him at home, yeah, in the right position where he knows his surroundings, maybe on a Saturday. You know, we know how good Will Jenkins is, um, and he's just young, though, right? So you've got to you've got to protect him. You've got to. I don't think he should. His first game of the season away against Ashton on Tuesday night on a heavy pitch is 
is really that fair to him, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will, I will sort of counter though and say, well, you know, we we we're often, you know, if they're you know they're good enough, they're old enough, and I think would you know, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't be too critical of including the likes of Jenkins. And on Saturday, yes, I would have gone for 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 Hindle as a straight swap for a side. Um, McCamley's a class act in my eye. I think he's a real player, good good vision. You know, he's. Um, the, the 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 goal against FC United was all down to him, um, you know, and um, so I wouldn't be over again over critical on him. I think um, it, 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 we've been critical in the past of like you know not giving the youngsters a chance, and yeah. and you know you've got it. It's it's a it's a fine line, you know, to, to, to sort of pick and choose. So I wouldn't be too, I wouldn't be over critical. Um, yeah, McCamley missed a chance on Saturday and. You know, um, Hindle might have scored it, but Hindle might not have been in the position. We don't know. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't be over critical of it at all. That that goal, that goal against Cheltenham, the ball from Briggs, <clears throat> epitomised the last four games for me. Because you said there, either Gilchrist or Osai could have scored. It means that they were in the right position. Oh yeah. And you know, Ronnie, I've watched you on the gantry. You know, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it's funny watching you at times because you see Jason Gilchrist wide on the right when he should be in the middle. Um, and, and yeah, he, he puts a good ball in, but when he's wide right, there's no one else oh. really taking his place in the middle. Oh, yeah. So see Briggs in that number 10 role, allowing your Kempsters and your Hunters, and you know, there in a nutshell was the kind of the result that's the fruits of your labors isn't it you've got your two strikers where they should be and one of them bangs it in it's no coincidence and then you go back to the bamba bridge game you know it was bamba bridge one jason gilchrist three yeah three strikers goals he's in the right place because you and again it goes but your bamba bridge play a good brand of football on a good pitch so it was a proper spectacle a good game of football which in which shields prevailed and um again it's no coincidence that you have, when you've got the right players in the right positions, mm-hmm. doing what they are expected to do, nine times out of ten, you, you reap what you sow and you, you get what you deserve. Um, so, so in a nutshell, you round it all up. You know, fifteen points from nine games. We've taken seven points from a possible fifteen at home. In the league, um, get your players in the right positions. Or play as many of them in the right position, and you're you're halfway there. Yeah, totally. Just to add to that, you know, Jason Gilchrist puts a great crossing, but that matters nothing because Jason Jason Gilchrist isn't in the box. That's right. <laughs> and talking about Gilchrist, you know, like you know, the hat trick against Bamber Bridge, and but you know, since then he's sort of it's dried up from. It's at times he looks a little bit forlorn. Um, to me, um, what what's your take on it? My take is he needs someone up with him. He can't play up front by himself. It, yeah. He can, but he's not as effective. If he has someone, because he makes such clever runs, that if he has someone up front with him, it gives the the defence someone else to concentrate on. Mm. Because if he does those clever runs, and that he's the only one that they need to concentrate on, mm. then. It's easier for them, but if, if they've got if you've got someone like a side where you're like this guy, like I was saying, Connery is like Mars and Rock. You mm-hmm. cannot get him off the ball. 
Yeah. He's quick. While they're keeping an eye on him, Gilchrist can just sneakily make his run. Mm. And I think whenever he looks forlorn, it's always when he's up there by himself or with a player who isn't as strong as Asai. Um, that's what I think it is. And I've got, like, I think Gilchrist is a, a tremendous player. Oh, he's tremendous player. He he's not, you know, he, 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 like I was saying before, he's lethal at this level. But at this level, um, it's not like Aguero, right? Give him a chance and it's a goal. He, he, at this level, people like Asai and, and Gilchrist need two, three chances, mm-hmm. four or five to get, to get a goal. It can't be like one or two because, you know, they're playing at this level for a reason, right? They're not, they're not yeah. that as clinical as... Because you get a chance, right? It doesn't matter what kind of game it is. A chance is a chance. And Aguero is that good. He puts it in every time. Whereas at this level, um, you might need a couple of a couple of chances to to get that goal. Yeah, I think also I think Jason's been carrying an injury. You know, you, you talked to us. Yep. You talked um, to me at Bamber Bridge. Talked about a dead leg, which he'd carried. I think from the Mickelover game, the first game. So he'd been carrying a a knock. Um, so that opportunity to rest him against Colney. He didn't play against Gainsborough. He did look sharper on Saturday. He looked more alert. His head didn't drop on Saturday. Um, didn't look as forlorn, probably because he he's, he was playing pain free. Um, yeah, yeah, you can, think, play, yeah, you can play through a dead leg because yeah, you you know you, you can work the muscle and but you never you're not going to be at your sharpest. And I think that's good. Again, this four week break gives him a chance to to get rid of that dead leg once and for all. Hopefully, it's a chance for. John Short to get rid of the groin injuries, the calf injuries, Blair Adams, whatever niggles he gets, he seems to get a lot. Chance for him to, chance for everybody to get a clean bill of health. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd just, just be thinking if I was Jason Gilchrist, what he would love to see, I reckon, is, you know, Blair Adams and Kempster tearing up that left. Hunter and um, Sterry or Thompson tearing up that right. His job is to be in the right place in the box at the right time. Mm-hmm. And nine times that well, you know, like we just said, give him a couple of chances, he's going to get a goal. Yeah. yeah. And you, you mentioned the name Kempster there. Yeah. He's had a great season. I thought Saturday it was probably his worst game in a Shield shirt. Clearly, he's up against football league opposition. Never going to be as effective, but for me, it didn't look quite right on Saturday. That's just my my opinion. Um, but he's been absolutely magnificent. Um, left, left wing back though, Chris. Yeah. It's it's a tough position to play and You know, he does his best, but the kid is so good on the ball. He's so quick. Like you, you see on commentary, he never fails to put a cross in when he's yeah. in that final third. I think all he's, there's only been one cross out of probably, I don't know, about 60 yeah. where he hasn't Kept it in, yeah. It hasn't, you know, it's gone behind the byline. Um, never it's a common fails. theme, isn't it? It's a common theme. Get the players in the places they do the most damage. Yeah, Kempster is on the left in the final third. Um, you know, I think Jordan Hunter and Blair Adams is tearing up there on the overlap. Thompson getting the crosses in, running at people, creates the space. And then, you know, get the crosses in and Asai and Gilchrist will do the rest. Pretty sure of that. 
Yeah. Quite straightforward, really, isn't it? When you think about it. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a simple game, right? Yeah. I guess. Especially yeah. when it's easier when you have a podcast and you've never been there. <laughs> kind of uh, level. It's true. <laughs> but, also, but also, in all seriousness, you know, if you get your, you know, more, if you play, say if you've got, out of your 11, if you've got eight players fit enough to play in their normal positions, play them. Then you can fill two or three spaces with others. But we find ourselves quite a lot, you know, playing four, five, six players in different positions at different times. And yeah, they're, they're clever players, they're intelligent, they're, they're quality players. But I reckon, I reckon, and you might disagree, I don't know, but I, I reckon that if you play players in the right position, you can almost let, just let them go and play. You don't really have to coach them or manage them. So you're right, you're in the positions you want to play in, go and play. Well, for, for, you know, obviously football is a simple game, right? But normally on a football pitch, you're up against someone else. Someone's marking you. Mm-hmm. Or you're marking them. You win that battle. If like seven out of 11 players win their battles, mm-hmm. you know, more nine times out of 10, you're going to win the game. And I reckon seven or eight out of 11 head-to-heads, if you look at, you know, if a Shields 11, head-to-head against any team they're playing against in the league, seven or eight out of the 11, head-to-head, Shields will have the better player in that position. Yeah. Oh, I think we, probably, we Sometimes look, probably 11 out of 11. You, you look at our squad, you look at our squad, and you, you, we could field two very competitive teams at, at our level, mm-hmm. I reckon, you know. Mm. Neither of them would possibly, you know, if you if you had a, a straight mix, neither of them may well win the championship. But you could have two very competitive teams in our level out of our squad. Yeah. And if you look at the games where we haven't won, Matlock, Radcliffe, Morpeth, um, for me, those three teams have regressed. Mm. Not as mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. I was I thought, very disappointed with Morpeth. I thought they were they were awful. Mm-hmm. It was sort of glorified pub side, in my opinion, like Mortworth were. You know, it was dreadful stuff. Um, they, they, they had the aggression, and the aggression did. won that night. If you if you don't if you don't win the battle, you're not going to win the game. And and I don't think we won the battle that night. No. Um, Matlock literally parked the bus, and had Briggs's penalty gone in, it was a different game. Yeah. They looked out on their feet, Ronnie, if you remember, with about half an hour to go, they were out on their feet. Yeah. Matlock, really tired, and then they got that goal, which, looking at the at the replay, look at the highlights, I think Will McCamley went to sleep, um, and uh, they got the goal, which gave them the adrenaline to get them through the next 20 minutes, and Radcliffe, well, we better not say too much about Radcliffe, in case that chairman's listening and he has a go at with Ronnie. I know. He <laughs> got on camera in it as well, didn't he? Yeah. We're disrespectful. Yeah. Well, What's you know, I think there's there's one thing about that because we said that, you know, Radcliffe come to South Shields, it's their, probably their biggest game of the season. Yeah. Because we've got such a reputation, and quite rightly, they celebrated mm-hmm. really well. We did. <laughs> and we didn't much. see anything out of turn. And then, a- yeah, we just said, you know, you Teams like uh, Matt Lock can come here and it's their cup final and they've won their cup final and all all uh, credit to them. They played uh, incredibly well. Very, very good performance. Beat us 3-1. Um, and I think it was a bit of mis- miscommunication 
to the to one of the officials mm-hmm. or um, Radcliffe, who was watching the game, not the stream. So he must have had some kind of communication from someone who was watching the stream. Yeah, acted acted upon that um, in haste, mm. and ended up making a bit of a fool out of himself. But you know, that's football. It was. It was I enjoyed it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Look, I mean, what happened? Martin was told to quickly go to a break because <laughs> I think I think it would have been because I um I kind of lost me blob and um almost jumped off the gantry to run after him. <laughs> there's another point as well, though, right? I, I do think that the fact that there's only 300 of, of us there, yeah, instead of, what, 2,000, 1,500, whatever, it makes a massive difference. Of course it does. Because a big crowd with a team like Rycliffe, you know, some of them might, might have been the biggest crowd they've ever played in. Mm-hmm. That gets them nervous. We're used to it. It's a dynamic that I think is very important. It's like you've got the crowd lifts you. If you do a good move, the crowd lifts you. You want to do another one? If you do a good move when there's only 300, although that 300 um, in the cup game against Halifax sounded like 600. Yeah. But that was a special game. Yeah. If if you're greeted with a small amount of noise and you're not lifted as much as a player, it's, it's known. Throughout history, it's a it's a known fact that the home team is the probably the most favourite team because they've got the crowd behind them. Of course, um, obviously this season's different. And also the pitch isn't great. You know, um, Gary's having real problems with the drainage, and um, again, a four week break <laughs> just gives Gary a chance to. It's not going to be perfect, but they can do a little bit of remedial work because the work that needs to be done needs to be done in the summer when the pitch can be torn up. They can get underneath the, the thatch. They can get underneath into the drainage and then reseed in grass-growing weather. Obviously, you can't do that now. The grass wouldn't grow. You'd have to completely re-turf the pitch rather than reseed it. So, But at least it gives the pitch a break. I mean, what was it like, Ronnie, against Kong? Lee Picken did his dinger, didn't he, before the game? Because Kong were yeah. warming up on the halfway line and churning the pitch up. Uh, uh, Lee went ballistic, didn't he? <laughs> but they didn't move. They didn't no, move. They... And the, that, that side of the pitch just was an absolute quagmire. Yeah. So, like, it stopped us playing our football. But fair play to them. It was, a, it was quite a good tactic. But what, what I wanted to say was, I, you know, after the Halifax game, the... The Gainsborough game, and to some respect, the Cheltenham game. I'm pretty convinced that we were about to go on quite a a great run. Yes, I, I agree. think we were, we were in our straps. We were firing. Key players were were, were, were It can't be easy for the players either, right? Because still, like under COVID, their lives must be turned upside down as well. Um, but it looked like we were on a roll. And yes, like for the second time in 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 such a short period of time, we've just been hitting our straps, and then we've got to have a break. But yeah. such is life, and you know, I think I feel like being a little bit critical of the performances this season myself. But I just wanted to counter that with saying I fully expected us to go on a massive run because I think we started, we got it right, we got the team selection right. The players were were firing, um, and I just wanted to say that I think we would have 
went on a looking at the fixtures there, I reckon we could have went six six wins. Yes. I think, um, I think this time though, when when we come back from the break, we are behind. You know, um, we're not where we we want to be. So that's you know probably the, the carrot that that's there that will probably hopefully um, stop us from having a slow start. I would have, I'd like to think you know obviously a new manager, um, you know some players probably a bit fitter, um, or free of injury should I say, but fitter. Um, and I think because we're behind a little bit, I think it'll be easier to, in, in terms of motivation and just getting that getting that start. I, I, well, you know, I'm saying it now. I don't see us having a slow restart. I think we, I think we can hit the ground running. I agree, and I, I think it's you look at the players who, well, Nathan Law, um, he's a very very important cog in the wheels. Yeah. Um, from very for, for various yeah. reasons. Um, so a, a fit Nathan Law coming back is is, is huge. Gives us so many options, um, but it'll just be interesting to see what they decide to do. Rumours about them splitting the league in half. I really hope they don't do that. I think there's plenty of time to to complete the league season, um, extend the league if you have to into June. I don't see any reason why you can't do that. I think that the, um, I know there's contracts and all that, but you can go work there, around it. It's it's to do with UEFA and the FA. Um, all football needs to be done and dusted by a certain times so the Euros can be played. And I think that that, albeit you know, we're much you know, we're way down the pecking order. I think that has that has an impact on when leagues can can finish. Mm-hmm. So from from my perspective, I really couldn't care how we get out of this league. <laughs> <laughs> if they split the leagues, I, I really couldn't care. Just no. get out of this, league, get into where we belong, where we should have been last season. Yeah. This sorry, this season from what we did last mm-hmm. season. Uh, honestly, if they if they split the league and we play against ten teams and we win that league and get promoted, I really couldn't care because by that time, hopefully, we'll be in the bar celebrating the promotion <laughs> and looking forward to having multiple derbies with yes. the likes of and York, etc. Yeah, fabulous, a fabulous thought, um, lads. I'm kind of exhausted in terms of content. For tonight, yeah. Um, yeah. if we go too deep, we'll start talking more shite, I think, than what we normally do. <laughs> um, so it, it's been a, in terms of a half, well, a quarter term report, um, not bad, could do better. And we will do better. Fair assumption? A, a fair reflection? Yes. Yeah. It's like my school report, Ronnie. Ronnie has the potential. He's, and he could... Um, do a lot better than he is if he just concentrates and does the right thing. <laughs> yeah. And look at and look how you've turned out. Oh, I still crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, we'll get together again before Christmas, and hopefully we'll be able to talk about a couple of games of football that we've played. Um, let, let let's hope so. We will do a pre-Christmas. We we'll might get together. Before Christmas, Ooh, yeah. that would be nice. Sit around a real table. Who knows? Yeah. That'll be weird. But, um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hope you've enjoyed our attempt tonight at um, clawing back some time and chewing the fat over what has gone on since September. Um, difficult times as they are. Um, keep your chins up. Let's think of football 
as much as we can, among other things, and forget the other C word. C words are awful. Um, so, Ronnie, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Chris. And Sai. That took you a while, Ronnie. Did I put you on the spot there? Uh, <laughs> and thanks, Sai. At least, uh, nice to see you. Um, yeah. And, uh, I, do, I, I do exist, you know. Aye. So. <laughs> Still running around fields and that? No, no fields. Just oh. just, uh, just hard standage. Good. And I'm sure the listeners will be interested to know how your corns are doing. Very well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Great it's stuff. The back, it's the back now. The back's troubling me. Oh, that's oh. now. As long as your corns are all right, that's half the battle. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. from from um, a corn injury free Simon, from a, um, well, a Ronnie, <laughs> <laughs> and myself, Chris. Hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Mariners podcast. Let's hope we'll see you around First Cloud Arena very, very, very soon. But from the three of us, stay safe. It's bye bye for now. Bye bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this Mariners podcast. There'll be another one along soon before you can see it. John Shaw. Yeah.